two guys who love talking about a game within a game and coming up later in the show we've blanked and we're about to double but are we looking good or are we in trouble we also look at the transfer market in the big short segment try and find a differential in goodwill punting and review the best captaincy picks in no captain my captain in association with fantasy football scout i'm peterson i'm andrew and this is fpl sidenet Hello, managers, and we are recording this on Wednesday, March the 1st. Happy Solly Month. And as always, I'm joined by my man, Andrew, who, when isn't spitting FPL truths on our show, is doing it as an FPL social media influencer on Twitter. Andrew, how are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I mean, we were trying to get Ed Sheeran on the show. (laughs) I mean, we've... I mean, spoiler alert! Like we haven't even we haven't even DM'd him yet. <laughs> no, Ed, if you're listening while you're in Melbourne, we'd we'd love to have you on the show. So might do it, might do an extra podcast. But um, yeah, how's um how's everything going in FPL land? I, I know you you've you know you've blown up quite big now on social media. I'm I'm very thankful that you still got the time for our show though. So yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled to be joined joining you again tonight. Yeah, no, I think maybe you're going a bit over the top there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, things things are good. Um, you know, I haven't had too bad of a week in FPL, which is, um, you know, That's which nice. is a nice change. Nice change after last week. And Woo. there are a few people out there that have had um, some pretty, a pretty rough start to the game mm. week. So uh, sitting all right at the moment, but there's a long, there's a long way to go in this game week with uh, two big games tomorrow morning our time. Yeah, tomorrow morning is going to be the big one, especially. Um, you know, I'm fearful of Saka, what he may do to my rank tomorrow. Um, but let's hope that, you know, for our sakes, because we both got Mo captain, that Mo comes up with the goods. Yeah, exactly. I'm fearful of Saka, mm-hmm. uh, but I am also quite excited about Nketiah. Um, yes. Hopefully he starts this time. That, that would and be nice. Yeah. yeah. It's always nice it if you play start. <laughs> It is, it is. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like from what Arteta said that he just needed a rest. Um, and you know, I hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. So I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, Salah captain for me as well. So uh, it could be some big swings tomorrow. The leg one of the Saka versus Salah was a was a dead heat. It was mm. just you know a bit of a cagey first round where like not too many punches were thrown. But yeah, the second round things could heat up. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I mentioned I'm fearful of of Saka um, hurting my rank. I'm also fearful of Jordan Henderson getting in the way of a Trent Alexander-Arnold slash Mo Salah point haul. So, um, Jordan, if you're listening, thanks a lot for that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm so angry with that. Thanks for nothing, you absolute prick. Ah, oh, I was watching that game live, and I saw the free kick was there. And I saw both Mo and, and Trent standing over the ball. And I was thinking to myself, oh, this is fantastic. Or I just need Mo just to put his foot on the ball so he can yes. get a cheek, cheeky assist here. And Trent's easily going to put this ball like top ends. And yeah, yep. Jordan Henson just decides I'm going to jump in the way of the ball and fucking hit it with my face. 
<laughs> yeah, not not the best idea. I'm not, I'm not sure that's how they drew it up. I, I was um when they were about to take that free kick, I, I was having flashbacks to last season. Yeah, I think that the same thing happened. Um, I think it was like West Ham, and it was during that time period where Salah was returning literally every week, just you know without fail. Yeah. Um, and his one return for that West Ham game, I think it was West Ham, um, was just like a little a little back heel roll of a free yeah. kick to Trent. And then Trent put it top bins and, um, you know, he got like the cheap assist for it. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it should have happened again. Um, oh, but well, yeah. I, I didn't really work out the points that I would have got for that because it just would have made me more angry. But yeah, it was enough to get me rolled up. <laughs> I, I, reckon, I reckon it's 15 points. Because you reckon it's got, 15? Yeah, well, because Captain Salah um, is six for the assist times two and then yep. obviously six points for the goal from Trent. And with the mm. clean sheet, he certainly would have got um, three bonus. So, so between the two of them, uh, they might have picked between up between the bonus. two of them. That's yeah. But well, Trent would have got three bonus. I don't think Salah would have. Yeah. But, yeah. Even if it's Trent three bonus and Salah none, uh, that works out to fifteen points, which is oh man, you know, that's like a hundred thousand k. Isn't that like a hundred thousand in rank? About fifteen points. I don't know, but maybe I'm upset quite, now. Maybe not quite that much. Yeah. That's why I didn't work it out. <laughs> yes, well, at my lowly rank of like 400k, I honestly think that would have been enough to get me up to like 300k. But anyway, oh, anyway. but I mean, it could have been like, worse. You know, it was another um, torturous game week for managers. So, yeah, just an- it seems the bad ones just keep rolling on at the moment. And yeah, no Darwin. So many managers flock towards Darwin, especially after he got that cheeky goal against Real Madrid. But there was lots of rumors after the deadline that he was going to be missing the game. And unfortunately it was the case. So, and there's still no guarantee he's going to be back for tomorrow morning's game. So, you know, by the time some of you are listening to this, that game would have played out. So um, yep. who knows, but at the moment it's not looking likely, but um, yeah, there, there was a lot of talk about Darwin and trying to get him into our sides. And I saw many people throwing up the the option of getting rid of Harry Kane for Darwin and even some doing it for a hit. So um yeah you, you have yeah. some you're a Harry Hurricane Truther now, I believe. I am, I am. I in uh <laughs> you might you might recall game week one, I, I got Harry Kane instead of Harlan. <laughs> um Harry That's Kane. That's committed to four, the cause you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well Hurricane blanked in a four one um win and then Harlan scored both goals in a two nil win. And um yeah, I put Kane on the blacklist for like a good, I don't know, like seventeen weeks. Um, but yeah, no, I, he's back on, he's back on side now. I, I just love the guy yeah. and I just wasn't willing to, yeah, I just wasn't willing to remove him for Darwin because I think I, I've had Darwin already this season and I've already experienced the frustration, um, the Darwin frustration. So yeah, I, I wasn't ready to experience that again. Um, mm. I was, I was keen to keep Kane, like not, not so much for the Chelsea game, but for the, you know, the two games after that, which are yeah. pretty good for Spurs. Yeah, very good. Um, so, you know, like it could have gone badly. Like if, if Darwin scores a goal or two in that first game and then he's got another game to go, then I look like an idiot. But um, <laughs> as it turned out, I got lucky and uh, it seems to, in hindsight, have been the right decision. Yay. Lots of managers did and they're very happy about it. Um, I wasn't all that pleasing him put the ball in the net against Chelsea, but that's a different story for down the line but you know one of the other options that was very popular heading into um game week 25 was tarkowski so um a lot of managers getting him in probably would have targeted that first game against villa as the one they were hopeful to get points out of and then 
maybe hope for a miracle against Arsenal, but yeah, it hasn't gone to plan. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. I am um, in the mud. In, yeah, I mean, I again, like, I was never convinced by Tarkowski. I kind yeah. of, I like the way that Villa are attacking at the moment. I, I, I did think that Villa would score, and you know, I think mm. everyone agrees that um, Arsenal um, are probably going to score at least one That's or right. two. Um, so it kind of when you're relying on you're relying on like headers from corners, you know, he is good at those, but it is something that just happens once in a while. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you can't sort of rely on it. So yeah, I was never sold on Tarkowski, but like, I think, I think he was a good transfer. Um, and I think he was a good hold if you had him, but I just never really believed in him being a good hit. Mm. Uh, I just didn't think it was worth the minus four. Yes. Especially you now when some people moved on the likes of Trippier or Shaw, Sure for him, yeah. yeah. I mean, he does have that that fixture in, in 28, which is handy, and um, I think he also has a fixture in 32, which is handy as well. But, yeah, sort of, you know, sort of sacrificing a lot of points in the meantime just to get that, yeah, hasn't probably worked out. But another thing I was thinking of in regards to that is you mentioned how, yeah, you got that set-piece goal against Arsenal, and it, it's been fairly obvious when you watch when you watch Everton when they do the set pieces that they're really trying to target him, and and other like opposition teams will work that out too, and so they'll just work out different ways at set pieces how to you know negate that. It's not just going to be he's going to get free reign at every single header at every corner. Yeah, like, opposition teams will yeah think how can we stop this because that's a very good avenue of them to score a goal. Yeah, well that's right. I think um after the. Uh, you know, after two or three weeks of um, dice ball, yeah, um, I think everyone sort of realizes that if you can um, stop them from, yeah, from scoring from set pieces and corners and stuff, then you can pretty much stop Everton, stop yeah. the set pieces, and you stop Everton. So I know it's easier said than done, especially when they're so well drilled at those set pieces. But as you say, I, I fully agree with you. Though, you know, that would be the the main focus in training would be. Uh, defending those kind of situations. And so it's just going to make it that little bit harder um, for him than it maybe it was in the first week or two. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, Martinelli, who's been, you know, a hot topic of contention over the last few game weeks, you know, many managers moving him on for the likes of Erdegaard and Saka and, you know, freeing up a spot maybe for Enkedia. And, yeah, it just came back to haunt with, you know, a double-digit score, the only goal in the game in the end in in a really bizarre game against Leicester because while it finished 1-0, it was anything but that. <laughs> if you actually watch the game, it could have easily been about four or five and Leicester just, what the, I think they had like one shot for the, like yeah. on paper only had one shot. I know the um, Ian Archer goal doesn't count as a shot on target because it was offside, but yeah, yeah they, that's right. They did well to negate had... Leicester who've, you know, been very fairly free scoring. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think Leicester had like the lowest XG ever since yeah. like they started recording XG, but it is a bit misleading because as you say, they they did score an offside goal, which yeah. obviously doesn't record um, as any XG at all. And there was quite a few um, kind of counter-attacking opportunities they had where they just missed like the last pass yeah. or whatever. They just didn't. And um, so, you know, when you see like zero XG, you think they didn't create anything. Really, they, they did have a few opportunities. They just didn't have any... Um, any yeah, shots just, on goal except yeah, for just that let one themselves that you down. Yeah, they did. They did. But um, I still like them as an attacking team. I don't think you can judge a game against Arsenal 
um, when you're judging, you know, their attacking potential. Um, yeah, you can look right. at some of the games they've played against other teams more recently, and that's probably a, more, a fairer indication of what they're capable of. So, yeah, and um, th- there was more heartache for you know uh, managers that own city defensive assets, unless you are an, a Nathan RK owner, like someone I know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I was Get pretty happy gem. with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was due a bit of good luck, but I, I didn't. Um, I was just saying to you before we started recording, I didn't watch the game. Um, I was, I just watched the highlights the next day, and when I saw Bournemouth score that goal, um, I was fuming. And then as I was watching the replays, I was thinking to myself, "Hang on, I don't, I don't see <laughs> Kay anywhere." And then I was like, "Hang on, there's Kyle Walker." So yeah, I then quickly raced to my nearest app and I and I saw that he'd gone off before um before the goal. I was yeah, I was pretty stoked. It was one of those very fortunate moments. Yeah, that you know, or one that's made, you know, a lot of managers out there sort of went with Edison for that safety of, you know, not wanting to partake in Pepperell for defensive assets because it's it's been a nightmare. Let's, let's be honest, it's been a nightmare since the restart. And yet, but yep. Edison, he just he looks so poor. Like the teams just need one shot and he's he's just not making any saves. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? He's That's really yeah, he strange. Definitely he look he looks poor at the moment. Mm. Um but yeah, I mean there is I it, there's logic to people that have gone with Edison. Like, you know, obviously I, I have Ake and you know, he's the kind of player that can go off at halftime easily or not play and then come on in the last ten minutes. So. Yeah. Yeah, he's very liable to a one-pointer. I got lucky on this occasion, but there's you know other times where I haven't been lucky. So, um, but yeah, I think Edison owners have been very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, very a lot of frustrations there. But maybe they might have a a way out with some of these doubles that are going to be on the menu in the next few weeks. And yeah, the the game week started with the Friday night game between. Wolves and Fulham and you know you know both of us were in the same situation like a lot of managers where we had like a Wolves defensive asset like Bueno and you know we've still been holding Pereira and yeah just one of those really annoying games from an FPL aspect where like nothing goes your way like <laughs> like the worst possible scenario yeah I know I think um I was I watched that game and I was and I think there was one point where Pereira I don't know, he kicked the ball away or something. He just looked petulant and frustrated. Mm. And I literally thought to myself, he's he's raring for a yellow card, this bloke. <laughs> and it was about three or four minutes later that he just came in um, with a pretty bad challenge. And yeah, the re- the yellow card was inevitable. Um, but yeah, so not not exactly what I was hoping for from um, from Pereira. I was hoping for some like, some you know, like a penalty or something, some, you know, some heroics from him in a, in a blank game week, but not to be. Yeah, not to be. And yeah, no Wolves clean sheet, no Pereira goals or assists. So yeah, it's just, I, I think when the game week started off like that, I, I think we could see the writing on the wall for what type of round it was going to be. So yeah, I came to terms with it fairly quickly. But um, yeah, you know, you're the resident Leeds man. Um, after we recorded the show last week, um, um, Javi Garcia was appointed Leeds manager. So, and off, off to the best possible start by getting the win in the league. Yeah, a really good win. I mean, I said last week that I was optimistic, but you know, yeah. you, you don't know what's you don't know what's going to happen when you've got two sort of relegation threatened teams coming up against each other. So, yeah, it was a massive six pointer for Huge. us. I, I was a little bit skeptical, skeptical about the um, appointment. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I knew a lot about the new manager, mm. um, but I did 
do some Googling and I, and he's been to like nine or 10 clubs and he never yeah. stays anywhere for more than about two years at a time. So I was, a little, <laughs> I thought that was a little bit of a red flag, but um, I guess all we really need from him is half a season of, um, you know, of rallying the troops and, you know, get us uh, to keep us up. And then, you know, it doesn't really matter if uh, it goes down downhill after that, as long as we stay up. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, I, I think the reason that he got this job and the reason that, um, uh, what, oh, I forgot his name, Jesse Marsh. Like, I think the yep. biggest sticky point for Jesse Marsh was that he wanted a longer contract, but, um, Lee, uh, not Leeds, um, like Southampton wanted to give him a longer contract and he didn't take a blah, blah, blah anyway. But in regards to Harvey Grassi, I think he was happy to take like a, a short term contract. So, yep. Um, yeah, but uh, he, yeah, he, like you said, he has moved around a lot, and he has had. He was very good when he was at Watford when he first came, and I think just the way that first season. I mean, he was basically there for a, almost a whole season, and you know they made that FA Cup game, but they got absolutely smashed in the final. But yeah, I think true. that sort of set them up for a bad start the following season. He was gone fairly quickly from from memory from the following season. It was only like four or five games that that he got sacked, but. Yes, like classic. I think Watford, yeah, they usually go through about three coaches a season, so Mm. um, that wasn't unexpected. No, yeah, that that was um, a bit unexpected there, but yeah, really, no, great start and setting things up very nicely for the the next pod derby that we've got coming up this weekend. Yes, good time to uh, good time to get Chelsea, really, isn't it? (laughs) Good time to load up on leads. Well. Or leads defense because you know Chelsea's not going to score a goal. <laughs> no, that's right. Could be could be junior Furpo time. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, I could just see Graham Potter just literally just walking down, walking out of the stadium. Yeah. I don't think um, <laughs> even Furpo when that scored, happens. Yeah, he hasn't scored two goals in in two weeks since um like the under sixes. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, uh, yeah, you're probably you're probably safe. Yeah, oh, oh for now probably safe. But yeah, I mean, in, in regards to the round, like. I, I don't know if you saw it, but on social media, there were so many managers posting up their teams and, you know, there was so many like minus eights. And I even saw like quite a few minus 12s floating around and yeah, yeah just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of regret that I've been seeing this week from managers. Yeah. I don't necessarily think they were bad decisions though. Like I, I went into this game week, I went on, I went onto Twitter and I saw my team and I saw the teams everyone else was posting and I was terrified. I was like, mm. I've only got, I only had like five double game weekers because I didn't believe in Everton. I didn't believe in Wolves. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I didn't want to load up on triple Liverpool. So I had two Liverpool and three Arsenal. And literally, I couldn't find another team anywhere on Twitter with as few a, a double game weekers as me. So I went from being, you know, comfortable with my team for this game week to being like, you know, resigned to a horrible red arrow. So yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't think I don't think what people did was a mistake. I just think that so far it hasn't paid off. But there is still, you know, another the second of the doubles to come. Um, mm. And yeah, you know, it could it could very quickly turn around yeah. when those um second games happen. So I, I still I still think that it could pay off. Some of those minus eights and stuff could pay off. Maybe not the Darwin ones, but um yeah yeah. I guess I guess we'll see. We, we don't know. We're basically halfway through the game week. Yeah, any anything good could happen tomorrow. Hopefully, a Mo Salah hat trick. That would be very nice. <laughs> that would be so good. Hey, we might even get some more Ben White points tomorrow morning. 
Like, I'm stoked to actually finally get a Ben White return. It feels like it has been forever. Yeah, that's right. That's a, he's he's your um, your nemesis. Like you just haven't got anything from him, and he gave you a little bonus point too. I know, it's a nice seven. Yeah. He's usually picked up a yellow. Usually picks up like a yellow card or something really dumb. But yeah, yeah. nice seven points there. I was very happy with that. But yeah, we just we just need um Enkedia now to and Erdegaard to to come to the party too, and and we'll be laughing. Yeah, for sure. I feel like um. Like the 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 bonus point cherry on top to um you know to Ben White's week was kind of like when you go to you go to the cafe and you get a coffee or whatever and they put like a little biscuit on top and you're like oh cool <laughs> it was like that's the extra the extra point it was just like that yeah that little that little biscuit to brighten our day yeah that's a, that's a great analogy <laughs> I really like that oh but yeah we also have to um congratulate Man United fans out there for taking out the Carabao Cup so you know congratulations um I'm as far as from a Newcastle perspective goes, I'm a little bit worried how they're going to react to this because I think they've built themselves up so much for that final and yep. losing that. I mean, we've seen, seen their form recently, like really taper off. And I'm worried now that after, you know, building themselves up for that cup final, because it meant so much to everyone, you know, not getting it. Now they've got to turn their attention back to the league where they've got to try and hold into top form. I'm not all that optimistic that they may do it. Yeah. And I think that another huge um, issue for them is Bruno Gomerish again. Mm. Um, so he's yellow flagged. He he did not. I watched the, the cup game and he did not look comfortable. No, nah, like he, wouldn't have he come didn't look fit. He didn't have to. Um, yeah. He, I, I can't remember how it happened, whether he got like a, a tackle or something, but yeah, he, um, he had to go off. He couldn't continue, and I, I've got concerns that he might be. He might not be able to um, play this week. So, and we all know that without him, um, yeah, I mean they're they're a lot more vulnerable defensively. Yeah, and yes, who are they up against this game week? Man City. No one major. <laughs> no, it's no, fine. Just the Nordic meat shield. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you may have heard of him. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one there for Newcastle. But yeah, we I, I may touch on that a bit further down the track in in the captain's segment. But yeah, Chelsea. Oh, I I hate FPL. I hate Chelsea. I hate football. Oh, I just want this season to be over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the best, is it? <laughs> no, uh, you know, I, I must admit the last few nights I've been waking up in the middle of the night and checking my phone and chucking on Sky Sports, hoping to see the news that Graham Potter's been sacked. And yeah. not as just oh okay back to sleep. <laughs> no luck. So that Chelsea Spurs game was so boring. It was, it was awful. The first ten minutes was good from a Chelsea perspective, and then sure. from there both teams were just it was just stop start stop start. There was no the game did not get going at all. They were just trying to yeah. kick each other and foul each other every single time. Yeah, there was no flow to it. Um, it was just yeah, it was it was just boring to watch. Like as a neutral. Yeah, it was just boring. Um, yeah, but, nothing happened. Know, nothing happened until Harry Kane, you know, sort of saved our game weeks. Yeah, um, with the with the cheeky little goal from the corner at the end, that was fantastic. Yeah. And um, yeah, what was it? Ollie Skip deciding to turn into peak Yaya Toure with that finish there from outside the box. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on um, Kepper in that in that goal? Oh, I don't Do think you blame he could Kepper have done. A bit? 
I don't think he could have done too much about it. And from oh, looking at the not. replay, it looked like Koulibaly was maybe in his way. And I mean, it got hit with such venom and placed in the top corner. You would have had to have such a strong hand to keep it out. So yeah, yeah. I didn't necessarily blame blame him for that. It was, it was more frustrating that in the process of that goal happening moments before he sort of half had the ball and Enzo had it and then Enzo cleared it, but he, he just put it, you know, right down the guts of the field rather than, you know, trying to get the ball out. And yeah, just by pure chance, it just happened to sit up perfectly for, for skip on the rebound. So yeah, bit, bit frustrating from that aspect, but yeah, an absolute worldie for him there. And oh yeah, just more, more torturous scenes as a Chelsea supporter. They're just, there's just nothing there at the moment with them. They look so poor. Yeah. And um, they're not getting really any attacking impetus out of, yeah, you know, none. like Reese James, Ben Chilwell. Like these, yeah. are, these are players that you normally watch them. You know, you, you, I'm used to watching Reese James and just, if I don't own him, I've got to hide behind the sofa, you know, but he, mm. he just, at no point did he look dangerous. It was just a really bizarre. It's just really bizarre what Chelsea are doing at the moment. It's strange to yeah. watch. Yeah, the set, the setup is on, and I think a lot of that has to do with Hakim Ziyech. For some reason, Potter keeps playing him quite a lot, and mm. I, I've seen enough of Hakim Ziyech now in a Chelsea shirt to know that it's just it's not happening. And so when he plays him out wide with Reese James behind him, Hakim takes up a lot of the spots where Reese James would just usually just run into. And then cut inside the box, whereas Hakeem will just stay out there and then try and whip a cross in. And yeah, he's yeah. so poor that he's barely hitting targets anyway, doing that. And then he's also taking up that spot that Reese can't go into anyway. That's yeah. It's a strange one. When I just when I saw in each other's way. Yeah, when I saw ZH named in the lineup, I, I saw the lineup, I thought, oh, you know, that's that's a half decent side that we were actually putting out there. But I thought, oh, ZH. Ziyech and Reese James just doesn't work. It, it hasn't worked at all, like the whole time he's been there. So it's a, a bit disappointing, but mm, we'll see what happens. Because yeah, big game against Leeds, and then another big game against Dortmund. And I think if they lose to Leeds, I think he'll go. And I think that if they lose bad to Dortmund, he will go because yeah. the Champions League is all that's left to like the the league season is done as far as a Chelsea perspective goes. Like yeah. then. They're not even going to challenge for the conference league spots. Like they're just not good enough, and there's been no no improvement at all. But yeah, I think if things go really bad over these next two games, yeah, he'll he'll be gone, and they'll probably have to yeah. get rid of all the assistants and everything because yeah, they they backed him in so so big that it's going to be a major overhaul. Yeah, it does seem like it's just a matter of um when, not if. Yeah, now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That's that's just what it feels like. Yeah, it feels like it's it's going to happen sooner or later. Yep. But <laughs> I'd rather it be sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. Uh, but um, anyway, that that was the game week. But we haven't actually touched on our side. So Andrew, you did mention that you got fifty points this game week, which, from a you know FPL perspective, was pretty good for this game week. Yeah, well, I mean, as as we've said before, we're really only halfway through the game week, and you know, um. You know, we're both on Salah captain. A lot of people are on Saka, so it could go horribly wrong tomorrow. But this at this stage, I'm on 50 minus four, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is a half decent yeah. uh, green arrow. I'm I'm not quite back to where I was after last week. So, um, yeah, I think I've I lost more ground last week than I've gained this week. But 
Um, I'm hopeful of gaining a bit more ground tomorrow in in the last two games, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. I, I, in terms of um, in terms of my points, um, yeah, I, I suppose my transfers I made, I brought in, I brought in um, Salah and captured him for KDB. I brought in uh, Trent for Trippier, mm-hmm. and to finance that, I brought in Bailey for Almiron. So yeah, um, Leon Bailey was another piece of luck. Like I think he went off at about 60 minutes and two seconds or something. So <laughs> the one, one point turned into three by an absolute bee's dick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty good. But yeah, in terms of um, in terms of what went right for me, basically the, I got a clean sweep of defender clean sheets. You know, I've got Ben White, Nathan Ake with a very lucky clean sheet and Trent with another, with a clean sheet that was also very lucky. You know, he, yes. he, um, he played horribly and he caused... A, a number of opportunities for Palace that you know they were lucky that that they weren't taken. So I'll, I'll take those six points and run. Um, and yeah, in terms of the bad, sort of one point from Kepa, Andreas, one point from Nketiah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, you know, but I think everyone had those kind of a few little one pointers dotted yeah. around their team, so it didn't really hurt too much. No, no, not at all. And yeah, as, as far as like my team goes, yeah, I mean our sides are very set up similar at the moment. The only difference was um. I had Bueno there in defense there. So, you know, two points, no clean sheet. And yeah, also, um, what else did I have? Oh, yeah, because I I didn't field an, an 11. So I just kept Rashford in my lineup. But yeah, my I, I was a bit lucky in the sense that my two transfers were, yeah, for Mo and for Trent. But because I still had Giao Cancelo, getting Trent Alexander-Arnold was, was really easy. I didn't have to try and free up funds for it. And KDB moved up to Salah. And yeah, the KDB one was always planned, but then hearing the news that he was missing the Champions League game because of illness and then it still looked unlikely he was going to feature on the weekend. That was a, a no-brainer. But, yeah, we did we did see KDB back this morning in the FA Cup. Yeah. So um, whether or not he plays on the weekend, who knows? But well, yeah. And he scored a goal this morning as well. Yes. So, yeah, he's back. In, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Actually, I'm not even going to guess. He's back. <laughs> whether or not he plays, that's up to Pep. So um, yeah, that's, that's right. That's what's happening there. But, um, yeah, so I, I did touch quickly on the FA Cup results from this morning and that sort of having a big impact for the FPL landscape because now we have a bit more clarity in regards to blank game week 28. So we saw that, um, yeah, Fulham won this morning against Leeds. And, you know, from, from you know, an Andrew perspective and an FPL perspective, I think we all wanted Leeds to win because it would have given us our Fulham and Liverpool assets, but it wasn't to be. So um, now we, um, yeah, lose another game in the blank game week. And, yeah, blank, Blackburn um, upset, who do they play? Leicester. Leicester, so, yes. And surprisingly now, we you know, what we, what we didn't play in is now we have um, Leicester playing in game week 28, which is very nice and handy. So they'll be playing Brentford, which makes it a little bit easier for us now if we're trying to load up on Brentford assets with their, you know, they've got their, their double in um, 27. Now they've got a fixture in 28 and then they've got the double yep. in 29 too. So that, yep. that makes yep. things um, much more easy and, and probably a much clearer path there, but we don't know about Ivan Tony. Yes. Ivan Tony like this. So it just came out this morning, our time that he has like pled guilty to, I think the majority of the charges against him, but it yeah. did, it, I think it did say that he's contesting others. 
So I'm not sure what that means. At this stage, we don't know what that means in terms of the timing of any suspension. Yeah. There's definitely, given that he's pled guilty to so many charges, there definitely will be a lengthy suspension. But I'm just not sure whether, do they wait until the ones that he's contesting are finalized before they impose that um, suspension or not? So um, hopefully we, we get some more information in the next one or two weeks before we start sort of loading up on on Tony because I think... If Tony's available, he's pretty much essential in that kind of 28, as 27, 28, 29 yeah. period. Um, I think he's going to be, you know, very, very popular captain choice in some of those um, in 27 in particular. Yeah. So, definitely. yeah, it's, it, it is important that we get that information. And I guess the other spatter in the works with him is that, it, um, you know, people have been concerned because he's only two yellow cards away from <laughs> a two game suspension. So on the one hand, you know, we're happy that he's got that fixture in 28. But on the other hand, it's another fixture that he can get a yellow card in and then get himself suspended for double game week 29. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a tightrope. And, and yeah, we, we have no idea when this band's coming through. We're all, we're all expecting it. Um, yeah, no one seems to know. Yeah, I was really surprised too that that news came out overnight that he pled guilty mm. to all those charges. So just shows like, we we don't know what's happening until it's actually happened. So yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, we we basically been making these comments since the World Cup, haven't we? That oh yeah, you know, maybe we avoid Tony because there's a band coming and it just it hasn't come. It hasn't come, and the the longer it's gone without anything being heard, people yeah. are starting to get more comfortable with getting him. And then now, just before everyone is comfortable with getting him, this news comes out, and we're starting to be. Um, concerned again but yeah. I guess the one thing I think I think it's um, I think it's going to be okay as long as we have clarity because if he is out if he does get suspended then um, in the, I think we just we all just get Brian and Burmo instead like he's yeah. he's a forward in yeah, he's a forward in FPL he's cheaper he's going to be the penalty taker if Tony's not there um, and yeah like they do have decent attacking fixtures so, you know, I think that as long as it's not, as long as we know, you know, if Tony's in or out, then I think we, we know what we want to do. We probably either want to get Tony and if he's out, we want to get him Burmo. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the problem will be is, is if they don't say anything and then all of a sudden one day we wake up and, you know, he's Tony's suspended, you know, for the next six months <laughs> effective immediately and we're halfway through a double game week or something. And that's, that's when people are going to, you know, um, are going to blow up about it. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows when this band's going to come through? It's a bit like Pepper Alert. We just don't know. <laughs> We're yeah. just literally waiting here, guessing. But, and it um, could just be a risk worth taking. It just yeah. could be a risk worth taking. You know, like everyone's going to be in the same boat. Yeah, that's um, right. It's probably going to be more risky to go without him, um, mm. you know, when it when we don't know that he's going to be suspended. So anyway, yeah. I think it's a, I think that's something for like, you know, a week or so in the future. I, I it, uh, you know, I, unless you're wild carding this week, when you might want to, you might want to go with him. But I'm, I'm happy to give it another week and get, try yeah. and get some more information. Yeah, no, I think I'm in in the same boat there. And yeah, um, Brighton this morning beat Stoke one 0 and yeah, we we didn't see a Stupinan or March who were flagged, so a few concerns for that. You know, heading into game yep. week 26, and also with that double coming up in 27. But you know, Matoma was back with an assist, and and Evan Ferguson scoring. So you know, managers who have you know, got those assets at least have, you know, saw something nice in a, in a bit of a sneak preview of what is hopefully more to come um, down the line with these doubles. 
Yeah, for sure. And Ferguson is a really good budget option. Um, yeah, like if you if you're looking for a cheap striker um, for those double game weeks, you know, if you've got a striker spot that's open, mm. um, yeah, then you know he might be a really good option. I mean, for for me, it's like, am I gonna? I have to decide where that because I've got obviously Harry Kane and Harland, and I think you do too. Yeah. Um, and then that third striker spot is like is like the Tony spot. So um, for us, you know, we don't really have space for Ferguson unless we we want to get rid of Kane. Um, yeah. But for others that have already gotten rid of Kane to go to Darwin and then don't want Darwin anymore, they they've almost got two spots you know up for grabs. Yeah, that's right. It's a bit bit of an easier avenue for them. All right, well, with the game week 28 situation looking a bit clearer after these FA Cup results we just talked about, um, you know, a lot of attention turning towards chips. Uh, it's something we have been talking about recently, and I must admit I keep ch- chopping and changing all my strategies depending on fixtures and, and players and doubles and everything now. But now with, you know, game week 28 basically locked into place, uh, where are you sitting at the moment with your strategy or short-term strategy, I should say? Yeah, so um, leading into these FA Cup fixtures, um, my thoughts for my team were that I was probably just going to free hit in blank game week 28 mm-hmm. um, and then sort of maybe like wild card in 33 and then bench boost in 34. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, you know, like I didn't really like the idea of wild card, of, sorry, of free hitting in 29 because I think I, I talked about it last week, you know, when you free hit, in a in a double game week, then you're taking players out that score points. You know, you know, to bring players in that score points, and you know, you can it can go wrong. You can take out more points than you put into your team. Yeah. Um, whereas in a blank game week, you're replacing zeros with numbers, and even though it might not be as exciting and there might not be as much upside, like you know that you're almost guaranteed upside. Yeah. So um, that's kind of why I like the blank game week um, free hit, um, and you know, since this. Uh, you know, this this Leicester-Brentford um, game that's been, you know, surprisingly added into 28, that seems to have changed things for a lot of people. Mm. Um, but in all honesty, for me, it's sort of solidified, um, you know, that I that I want to stick to the um, to the to the free hit in 28. Yeah. Um, you know, at, le- at least for my team, like I didn't have any Brent, I don't have any Brentford players or any um, Brighton players in my team at all. So, um you know, I think the reason why some people uh, are now thinking of sort of just playing through 28 is that, you know, now they've got a, you know, if they had a, if they had Tony already, they've got like an extra player playing in that blank game week that they didn't expect to have. Yeah. Um, and there's also a lot of other people that are thinking, oh, well, you know, Brentford have got a double in 27, then they've got a fixture in the blank and they've got another double in 29. So now I'm going to wildcard in you know, in 26 or 27 and load up on Brentford assets and I don't need to, you know, free hit in 28. So, I mean, that's, that is another, that's another option, but I don't know. In my opinion, I think that, um, I think that the Brighton double game week and the Brighton fixtures are a lot better than the Brentford ones. Yeah. In 29. Well, in like basically 26, 27 and 29, I think Brighton, uh, Brighton, I think they've got slightly better fixtures and I think they've got significantly better assets except for Tony. So I think that people that are going to free hit and bring in a bunch of um, Brentford assets um, or even if they're just going to bring in, you know, Brentford assets with, um, 
you know, with their transfers to avoid having to free hit in 28, I think, you know, they're going to be focusing on Brentford assets when really the, there's, you know, there's more upside if you focus on Brighton assets and then get through 28 with a, with a, um, with a free hit, oh, yeah. you know, like I, I, if you, if you look at the fixtures, so game week 26, Brighton have got West Ham at home. Brentford have got Fulham at home. You know, that that's pretty much a 50-50, but I would argue that maybe the West Ham at home is a slightly better fixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at game week 27, Brighton have got Leeds away and Crystal Palace at home. So, and Brentford have got two away games against Everton and Southampton. So in terms of, I think in terms of both attack and defense, I think the it's slightly better fixtures for Brighton in my opinion. So I would rather focus my transfers on the Brighton assets because, you know, Brentford don't have any good midfielder assets. They don't have as good defensive assets as Brighton, in my opinion. So, you know, if I'm going to free hit in blank game week 28, then I can focus my transfers up to then on um, on Brighton assets, which I think are better assets. Like, you yeah. know, assets like Matoma, McAllister, March, if fit, Estupinian, if he's fit. Um, I think they're all better assets than any of Brentford's, um, you know, assets except for Tony. So mm. I think I agree that Tony's essential, but I think that if you um, wildcard now um, and try to play through the blank game week, because Brentford have got that fixture in the blank game week, you're going to be very tempted to focus on Brentford assets when really the Brighton assets are the better ones. That's that's just how I'm looking at it. So I think by blank by free hitting in blank game week 28, it allows me to focus on the Brighton assets, which I think are better assets with better fixtures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and then use the the free hit um, in in game week 28 when Brighton don't have a fixture. And then for game week 29, I get those Brighton assets back. Yeah. And in game week 29, Brighton have got Brentford at home and Bournemouth away, which, you know, is better, which in my opinion is a lot better than Brentford's double of Brighton away and Man United away. Yeah. So once again, I think by having those Brighton assets, you're sort of you're you're winning against um other managers that are focusing more on Brentford assets because of that um that game week twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's um. Yeah. It's it definitely makes a lot of sense when you when you talk about it like that and and comparing the two teams that are probably going to get a lot of interest heading into to game week twenty seven because yeah I don't think. I don't think many managers will really be loading up on Crystal Palace or Southampton and that's no, no disrespect to them, but yeah, they're just, they're not really performing at the moment. And, you know, the Crystal Palace double of City and Brighton, well, we, we all want our Brighton um, that's right. assets to, to go big anyway. So why would you want to have Crystal Palace when, you know, they're, they're barely creating anything anyway. And yeah, Southampton, unless there's a James Ward's free kick, then yeah. And then in that aspect, you know, they're playing Man United and Brentford and, we probably want our Man United and Brentford assets to do well in 27 again. So yeah, that, absolutely that doesn't make sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I was messaging you earlier today saying that now I'm on I'm, my strategy now is free hit 28, and that was yeah basically with the 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 Fulham Liverpool game being ruled out. Just mm-hmm. yeah, I just I can't navigate 28 with only three players. <laughs> it makes it yeah, a yeah. little bit too hard. Um, so in one aspect, I'm fairly happy. I didn't go all in on Liverpool hoping that they'd get this fixture. So, um, I'm I'm happy in that aspect. But the the other thing that sort of twisted my arm was, yeah, Leicester getting this fixture now in game week 28 against Brentford. That, that is, you know, very appealing. And 
Yeah, I, I did put together a, a free hit side last night, and that was a, that was before considering the Leicester um, Brentford game. So, and, and yeah. now it probably looks a lot more appealing because yeah, for game week twenty eight, you know, there, there's some good fixtures there to target. It's not just necessarily putting out, you know, a, yeah. a team on you know oily rags and, and fumes. Like you can actually really attack the game week because, you know, yeah, Arsenal. We're all tripled up on Arsenal, but you know, we could actually get in the best triple Arsenal assets for that game week 28 against against Crystal Palace. And, you know, Villa up against Bournemouth, well, yeah, we can load up with with Villa there. And, you know, we got Leicester and Brentford. And, yeah, and, and like you said, it, it actually enables us prior to concentrate our transfers solely on, you know, 26, 27, and 29. So the, there's yeah, a lot of upside totally. in that aspect. Yeah, the only thing that's um, that I'll you know that I'll say sort of to counter that, um, and I do agree with you. It's just that you know we're going to want those Leicester assets in twenty nine. Yes, as well, I know their, <laughs> their double game week in twenty nine is so good. It's Crystal Palace and Villa, um, and you know like when I when the double game week first came out, I looked at Leicester and I thought I think that's the, that Leicester have got the best double, mm. and I immediately started thinking about getting James Madison in and captaining him into game yeah. week twenty nine. Yeah. Um, you know, my bromance with James Madison continues despite <laughs> the fact I've never had him in my team this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing stopping us from free hitting, um, you know, James Madison and Nacho in in 28 and then using transfers, um, you know, like a hit or two um, to bring in, you know, at least one or both of those players in 29 um, yeah. permanently anyway. Because I think Leicester's fixtures, um, they it, it's not bad after that as well because game week 30 is Bournemouth at home. Yeah. Um, and then they do have Man City, but then they've got Wolves at home, Leeds away, Everton home, Fulham away. So they've got a good run of fixtures after the um after the double game week in twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean I, I had talked previously about really wanting to use my free hit in twenty nine, yeah, for that aspect of being able to really load up on, on Leicester for that, that double game week. But yeah, but yeah, sort of weighing it up, it's gonna probably cost me more in hits just trying to navigate 28 with hits and then having to, you know, take more hits in 29. So at least this way I can just concentrate my, my transfers and, and not sweat, sweat it too much. So, yeah, yeah. but it, there has been a lot of talk at the moment about, you know, managers going the early wildcard now that we have a bit more clarity. And, you know, the, I think it's, it's very team dependent on wildcarding, but it might also be a bit of a knee jerk to managers who just went all in on Liverpool last week and, seeing how yeah. poorly they played and, you know, there's still another fixture to go. So you know, the, their um, aspect on that may completely change tomorrow morning, but yeah, I, I don't know about the wild card because I'd I feel like personally, I would rather wild card out of a side that is loaded up with Brentford and Leicester and, and um, Brighton and and all these other sort of mid tier teams that are sort of going to double now than wild card into that. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Like, I, <laughs> no, it does make sense. I, I feel like the team that you would wild card into if you played it now, it would would be a team that um you would very quickly become unhappy with once kind of the that stretch of sort of twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine was finished. Yeah, because um, they're just not the kind of the kind of assets you would wild card in are just not the kind of assets you want to keep long term. And if you play yeah. your wild card now, that's it. That's that's your team for the next 12 weeks until game week 38. Um and it, my my experience with my wild cards is that they they stay fresh for about five weeks. 
Um, maybe other people stay fresh longer because they do better jobs of it than I do. But mm -hmm. mine always seem to, I seem to get a bit of a kick for about five weeks and then it starts to go downhill again. So, you know, if, if people are wildcarding now and then, you know, come game week 32, which is the next blank or game week 33, which is sort of leading into um, the next double, which is 34, you know, people are looking at their teams then and just going, I really wish I had a wildcard. Um, then it's not it's not a good way to finish the season because we do have big doubles in 34 and 37. Um, yeah. I'd rather play a wild card directly before 34, keeping both of those double game weeks in mind and the fixture run to the end of the season because um, it, it just it seems to be that there are a lot of halls to be had towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, teams, teams sort of start to... Uh, I don't know. I feel like there's more goals towards the end of the season. At the moment, we're going through a period of, of <laughs> the season where everyone's absolutely buggered and everyone's just trotting around trying to eke out like a one nil or, you know, a one all or whatever, you know, that it's not the time of the season where the games are high scoring and the FPL points are flowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who would have foreseen a mid season world cup doing that? <laughs> no, I don't think anyone saw that coming, mate. <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, there'll be lots of managers out there going, yeah, I need to wildcard because my team's in, in the shambles and, you know, yeah. that, a, a lot of them probably can navigate 28 by, by doing that. But yeah, there'll probably be a big scramble then to to get, you know, a lot of the city and United and, and all those other type of, of assets in that, you know, are popular at the moment and, you know, tend to be popular for most of the season. So that's just something a little bit to consider there. But, you know, my suggestion would be, put together a free hit side for some of these different game weeks and see mm. what you really like and see what works because that's what helped me decide last night that, yeah, I'm definitely free hitting 28 because I tr I did, you know, a free hit 29 and, yeah, it looked great. I did a free hit 28 and it looked great. And then I just sort of was like, well, it's going to save me X amount of points in, in hits doing that. So Yeah. yeah. That, I, that I think also... Kicker. I think also what's important to do is put together a free hit for the team for the weeks that you're um, considering it, and then compare that to the team that you'd have if you didn't free hit. Yeah. Um, because in game week 29, your free hit team will look amazing, mm. but to be honest, your normal team will also look good. Yeah. Um, in game week 28, your free hit team will look great, and then your normal team will look like absolute rat shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. That's I mean, there's a lot of very smart managers out there and better managers than me that definitely disagree with what I'm saying. I've heard, you know, a lot of very good managers say, oh, I think the right thing to do is to wildcard in 26 or 27. So, you know, we could definitely be wrong. I could definitely be wrong and it could definitely go badly for me, but this is just how I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah. No, that's yeah, definitely something there, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll see at the end of the season, what was the, the best thing because yeah, sometimes what we think doesn't, pan out but <laughs> usually it doesn't my friend <laughs> all we can do is give ourselves the best opportunities we can but uh what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break and on the other side we're going to preview game week 26 was which is just a standard 10 10 match game week and yeah we'll have a look at all the other segments to come up Okay, managers, welcome back to the FBL SideNet podcast and looking ahead to game week 26. And it is your stock standard um, game week, which is nice. No blanks, no doubles, 10 games, all kicking off on the, you know, 
the Saturday night for us here in Australia. So, yeah, that is a 10 p.m. deadline for us on the Eastern Seaboard. So kicking things off, Man City, Newcastle. That's gonna be that's gonna be a really interesting game. Like you've mm. already sort of mentioned, um, you've already sort of mentioned that you're not sure how Newcastle are gonna to respond to the A, the Carabao Cup um final loss and B, possibly, you know, another Bruno Gomerish um absence. So Yeah. Uh and away uh, away to Man City is not uh, the ideal <laughs> fixture to test out how you're going after, you know, a bit of a disappointment. So no. yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see um yeah, how they do whether you know, whether they can continue to, you know, trouble Man City. I think earlier in the season it was three all, it was an absolute thriller when they played um you know the reverse fixture. Yeah. Um or is it is Man City sort of going to steamroll them because you know, you know, things have changed obviously since that first game. So I, I don't know. It'll be it'll be very interesting. Yeah, very interesting at all. And you know, other things to note is that you know the Nordic Meat Shield Harlan, he was arrested this morning in the FA Cup, so clearing the way for him to, to play in this Newcastle game and hot on the heels on of that goal and assist the other day too against Bournemouth. Yeah, definitely. Um and I was as a as a Harland um owner, um, you know, I was very happy to see I mean, everyone's a Harland owner, but I was very <laughs> happy to see him get that rest this morning because it made yeah. me a lot more um, comfortable about how he was going to uh, perform on, on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, just some more food for thought. I, yeah, I mean, we will talk about captaincy, but I th- I think this this game week is wide open as far as captaincy goes. But, yeah, then the, the following fixtures, we've got Arsenal-Bournemouth. So top hosting, what's Bournemouth, second bottom at the moment on the ladder? Or they're down yep. here there, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, huge. Yeah, it's massive, massive. Uh, I can't, yeah, I mean, I, I can't see Bournemouth conceding less than, I don't know, three goals in that game. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you can. No, uh, I think there's I definitely <laughs> definite opportunities for our Arsenal attacking assets. Um, and another Ben White return, shall I Ooh. say. Oh, let's hope so. Let's keep keep the points coming, Mikel. Let's... Another another latte with a little cookie on top, if we're lucky. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, I'm going to have diabetes soon with all those cookies. <laughs> then, <laughs> then we've got um, yeah, Villa hosting Crystal Palace. So yeah, you know, Ollie Watkins scoring five goals on the trot. Um, Villa seemed to find their groove back the other day, and, and Crystal Palace, you know, they're, they're really just. Then I mean they did get that draw against Liverpool. You could argue they were a little bit lucky there, but yeah, they're, yep. they're not really creating much. You know, when I see you know Jean Philippe Mateta out there, I'm I'm not confident they will. He could ever score a goal. He could be playing for Chelsea. He's uh, yep. he's that bad at scoring goals. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like yeah, if if you're watching Crystal Palace and you're looking for the ways for them to you know score a goal, you you're gonna want to hope that. Trent Alexander Arnold's on the field because <laughs> um, that's the only way that they seem to be able to generate anything is when you know Trent was making horrible errors yeah. um, to give them opportunities. But they really, I mean, they they never concede too many. I mean, they're relatively disciplined defensively, but yeah, yeah they don't they don't create a lot. So when you're playing a home game against Palace, you pretty much always feel pretty good about your clean sheet prospects. Yeah, yeah, like you said, they don't concede a lot. They, you know, when they lose, it's only by like one or two. They, they're not getting absolutely thrashed, but on the same same side, they're not creating anything. And it's strange when they've got Eze on the bench most game weeks. I, I can't 
work out for the life of me why Vieira just keeps him on the bench when Will Zaha isn't playing. I don't know, maybe it's a, the way that he sets up the team, but yeah, that, that's yeah. very puzzling. Yeah, I agree. It's like he seems to be one of the better players in the team. So, you know, why not? Mm. Especially when it hasn't been working for a number of weeks, like why not try starting him? Yeah, that's right. But um, I mean, you'll be hoping that Bailey maybe get some returns here. Yeah, I mean, I hope he starts. Like he, um, you know, he he played quite well again the other day. But then when Buendia came on, mm. you know, Buendia scored that goal and looked really good as well. So uh, I think that yeah, he, he's definitely not a nailed starter. Um, but you know that he's probably going to get half an hour at least, and you know, half an hour, um, you know, in a home game against Palace, you know, he might be able to do some damage. Yeah, no, it's a good one there. And, yeah, Brighton hosting West Ham. So, yeah, we did mention before Brighton had that win this morning in the Cup against Stoke. But whether or not we'll see Stupinan and March back in the side, we're not too sure just yet. But, yeah, hopefully Brighton can, you know, get some get some attacking returns here. But, you know, West Ham did get that massive um, win the other day against Forrest. And for a team that hasn't scored a lot of goals, scoring four against Forrest is, you know, a pretty decent return. For sure. But I think the first goal didn't come until like the 70-somethingth minute. It did so, well. Yeah, they all yeah. came in like 14 minutes, I think. <laughs> yeah, so once they scored that first one, I guess the forest heads went down and, you know, they came in a cluster. But um, yeah. I think that's a this is a massive FPL game in my opinion because um, it's almost like a trial run for all of the Brighton midfielders, you know, that are competing for spots yeah. in our sides for the double game weeks. You know, I, I personally haven't decided whether I want to prioritize McAllister or Matoma, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, we want to see if his opinion is fit, um, you know, all these, all these questions. So it could, you know, if, if Solly March, you know, has one of those games where he gets two goals and an assist, um, then we could see that he's the one that everyone's clamoring for in the double. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just, there's there's going to be huge implications. I think there's going to be a lot of, um, yeah, like, a, I guess just a, a lot of knee-jerk reactions to how um, to how the returns go in this game in terms of who people are going to bring in for, for Brighton's doubles. Yeah, a lot of deep dives, a lot of long Twitter threads, a lot of video analysis. <laughs> it's going to dominate dominate the um the FPL Twitter landscape over the, the next week or so for sure. But yeah, um the pod derby Chelsea leads. So a team that can't score against a team that struggles to keep clean sheets. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Nil all? Yes. <laughs> Will Chelsea score? I think I saw the um today that they've only scored six goals since November. Yeah, across yep. I think 16 games. So it's the worst return of any team in all top tiers of English football. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> yeah. Look, it's it's pretty embarrassing for a team that won the Champions League quite recently. And um, spent about $600 million. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't going to say anything. But yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely take a nil all in that game. You know, that, it would be a good point away from home for Leeds and it would be a nice little cleanie for, um, for Kepa. So, you know, you might not be satisfied with that, but that would do me. Well, it's better than a loss. Well, it is. I mean, <laughs> that's also on the table, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, earlier this season, Leeds touched up Chelsea with, with what was it, 3-0, I think it was, at Ellen Road. Yeah, so, one I of think that was under of the season. That was under Marsh, for sure. Yeah, that was under Marsh, but I think that was also under Tuchel. Um, oh, okay. Early early doors, I think, um, in the season. Yeah, so, right. Um, there we go. So we'll see what happens there, but yeah. 
could be the end of Graham Potter. But yeah, Wolves hosting Spurs and, you know, we saw Sarabia get the goal the other day. So well done to managers who took the punt on him for this um, blank double game week at the moment. And yeah, Spurs, Harry Kane, he's a bit like Thanos. He is inevitable and does get returns. But um, yeah, a, a good game for Kane owners. And I think a lot of managers who just got rid of him for Darwin may be thinking, oh, I wish I sort of had him for this game. Yeah, although having said that, Wolves have been pretty decent recently and it is a home game for them. So, True. Um, and Tottenham haven't been finding it super easy to score goals. So I, no. don't, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, it could easily be one of those kind of like one nil games and hopefully it's Harry Kane that gets that the goal and, and all the bonus as well. But um, yeah, I'm thinking like one nil or two nil um, to, to Spurs. I don't think they're going to run right. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, we'll also we'll get to see Wolves again tomorrow morning too when they face Liverpool, so um, might give us a bit of a, a clear idea what could happen in that fixture. But yeah, Southampton hosting Leicester. It's impossible to talk about this game without talking about the 9-0 from all those seasons ago. Yeah. Um, do we triple captain Jamie Vardy? <laughs> we do those not. were the days. Yeah, yeah, those were the days. Um yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Leicester bounce back from, you know, getting knocked out of the FA Cup and Southampton, obviously, you know, they're they're scrapping for every point. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it should, it should be a game with, I always say this about every Leicester game, should be a decent amount of goals in it. Mm. Yeah, you know they're going to go for it. Yeah, for sure. And and it'll be also very, very interesting to see if Madison um, is available yes. for that one because he's someone that we're all going to want if he's fit for that double game week. But yeah, we need him to be fit. Yes, we do. So yeah, hopefully he's back and um, stays injury free and gets gets a few more returns. And then, yeah, tensions turn towards Forrest versus Everton. So um, Dyche ball heading up down to, to Forrest there. So well, this one doesn't look like it'll have goals in it, which will mean it'll probably end up 2-2, 3-3. Yeah. <laughs> Although oh, I mean it's... Everton's scoring. Yeah, true. I don't think that's going to happen. It could it could that would that would mean like a, a brace for Tarkowski, wouldn't it? Because there's no other way <laughs> yeah. that they know how to score. <laughs> yes, that's uh, right. Two set pieces. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I think I think this is a Forest win at home. You know, yeah, they're just so good at the City Ground. Yeah, they're, they're just really hard to beat at, at home. And yeah, um, yeah, Everton will have a big um, task on their hands heading there. But then yeah, the big one: Liverpool, Man United. So. Man United hot on the heels of that trophy. Liverpool, you know, sort of licking their wounds after the Champions League and and everything that happened. So let, let's see the fallout from tomorrow morning's game. But um, one of the reasons I didn't want didn't want to triple up on Liverpool for this current game week was that looking at the fixtures, I was and you know still holding Rashford and Luke Shaw. I was going to have just this massive influx of players all in the one fixture, and I just I don't like that. Yeah, so it's it's not a they great cancel each other out. Yeah, exactly. The defensive assets. If you've got like Trent and Shaw, then yeah. And then you've got Rashford and Salah, like what do you even hope for? Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, it's tricky. But it is like very old school FPL that we you know we've got a Liverpool versus United fixture with you know everyone stacked with assets from both teams. So a bit of a flashback for, for in that regard. <laughs> the glory days. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, finishing up with another London derby. So, um, yeah, Brentford versus Fulham there. So, you know, the two performing sides, at least at that part of London. I'm not going to talk about my side. But, yeah, um, will we see Ivan Tony play? Will we see him banned? We don't know. But we know Mitrovic probably won't play. (laughs) 
Well, Mitro played this morning and got a nice oh, did he? assist. Yeah, he played this morning. He got the oh, assist for Solomon's goal. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, did he now? He played okay, well. We yeah, he's back. I must be um, looking at something else. Oh, there we go. He's back. Yeah. Is he fired yet, though? <laughs> Probably, you know. <laughs> I think that, that that foot injury is just going to be nagging away at him all season. He's going to yeah. play two, miss one, play three, miss one. It's just going to be annoying. Um, so I think I think I'm done with Mitro for now, but mm. I think uh, all eyes on uh, Tony. Does he play? Um, and if he does play, does he get a yellow card to make our lives even more difficult leading into the doubles? Mm, let's see. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll all be on on Ivan Tony watch. But um, yeah, now it's time for the big short segment where we look at all the transfer trends. And yeah, talking about that man, he is top of the top transfers in. So Ivan Tony leading the way followed by Marcus Rashford, all those owners getting him back in after selling him. And then Ollie Watkins hot on the heels of his five goals in five games. Ben Mee with those, you know, those juicy Brentford games coming up. And yeah, Matoma, Dr. Dribble himself rounding out the top five and top five transfers out. We've got Mitrovic, who we just talked about, Enkedia, De Bruyne, Mares, and yeah, unfortunately, Thiago Silva, who's going to be missing a couple of weeks after suffering a knee injury. But yeah, um, what's sticking out there for you? Well, I think all of the transfers in make sense. Yeah. Um, the one that sticks out to me in the transfers out is Enkedia. Mm. Um, you know, like obviously people are reacting to him being rested in the first game of the double. Yeah. The, the, to me, the comments from Arteta kind of suggested that it was just a rest and he is still first choice. Yeah. Um, we know that his stats have been through the roof and he just hasn't been putting the ball in the net. So, I mean, I don't, obviously we're recording this before the second game um, of the double, but I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, he makes the, he makes those people tomorrow look very silly who took him out of the team. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's right. There may be some some egg on faces there, but um, now as far as our own transfers, Andrew, what are you? What's in your your plans for game week twenty six, or is it a roll kind of game week? It is definitely a roll kind of game week. Um, but having said that, you know, I was with with all of the doubles coming up. Uh, I was looking at my team and you know how badly um, Trent Alexander Arnold played the other day. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, I am actually, I think I am actually considering taking Trent out this week um, for a um, for a Brighton defender, just because yeah. it's probably looking. I think what I've decided with my team is that Trent is probably going to be the cash cow um, that I use to get in some of the Brentford and Brighton assets that I want yeah. for the doubles. Um, and that being the case, you know, Brighton have got a really good home fixture against West Ham this week and, you know, um, Liverpool over away to Man United. I don't see a clean sheet happening there. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, why not go a week early with that defensive transfer and go Trent to Estupinian? Um, But of course, that, that kind of thought has been, um, you know, yeah, it's been sort of wiped out by the fact that Estupinian's now, you know, yellow flagged out of the blue. So, yeah, um, yeah I think... If um, if later in the week we get news that Esther Pinion is absolutely fine um, and he's you know he's good to start, then I might actually do that that trend to Esther Pinion um, move this week. Yeah. Um, if if not, you know, rather than you know go get someone like Dunk instead, only for Esther Pinion to be fit next week. Yeah. I probably will just roll and I'll just make that you know transfer next week along with others. Mm, yeah, I, th- I think so, that's. Yeah, we, we might might be on scout watch. Um, this game week, if he's still yellow flagged, and then 
yeah, hopefully he's he's fit for for the double in in twenty seven. But um, yeah, I like that plan myself. I, I'm, I'm probably most likely rolling this game week. Yeah, it's a, it's yep. a tricky one as far as trying to put out a side for this game because a yep. lot of our players have, have good fixtures. But um, yeah, like yourself, I was maybe tossing up doing a defensive transfer, but I, I was thinking more trying to get him maybe Ben Me, maybe a okay. week early before the double because yeah, like I mentioned, I've got Shaw. And I've got Trent, so they sort of cancel each other out. I've also got Kieran Trippier yeah. with that fixture yeah. against Newcastle. I mean, I'm not going to get rid um, rid of, of of Trippier or Luke Shaw. Yeah, it could be Trent that makes way, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not too sure. I may, it may be something. I just wait until the next week, and then I, that way I can get in the right players um, that I need for that that game week. Yeah, one more week of information. Yeah, um, might it might be more valuable than the extra points you can make this week from, you know, um, having a slightly better transfer. So yeah, that's what you got to weigh up. That's right, and the universe may make it make the decision for me with certain players, you know, being ruled out or, or something like that. So yeah, I'll just I think maybe waiting the extra week might be okay. But um, now it's time for goodwill punting, where we look at a differential for the game week. And Andrew, who have you plucked out of the differential? cap this game week um i have gone for everyone's favorite um scottish argentinian <laughs> um mcallister so <laughs> yeah it's um, that, was, that was a pirate <laughs> was it okay i think um, so not sure not sure it's how that late. comes in but anyway it's late <laughs> i'll let it go i'll let it go um <laughs> so yeah i mean mcallister is i don't know he's He's not that exciting as a goodwill punting pick because obviously he's on a lot of people's radars, but he is only 2.4% owned at the moment. Yeah. Um, so he definitely, you know, fits the criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why he's looking so good um, at the moment is that um, Adam Lalana is out for the season. Mm-hmm. So McAllister's been taking that more attacking number 10 role. Um, so whereas previously, like his appeal was that he was on penalties and Brighton went through a period where they got quite a few penalties. He's also on like set pieces, direct free kicks and things like that. But, um, he didn't have that much open play threat. Uh, whereas now that he's moved forward into that number 10 role that Lalana used to be in, um, he, he has, he has all of that stuff that he had before. He's still on the pens and the set pieces, but he's also looking really threatening in open play and, he's been racking up a lot of expected goal involvement and just it hasn't been going in or whatever. He hasn't been getting the goals and assists. But I think that if one or two of those had um, turned into points, then he would be a lot higher up on people's radars. And and I mean, you know how much I love Matoma, but I'm actually looking at McAllister as my number one, you know, Brighton midfielder um, target at the moment. Yeah. Um, yes. So I think he's a, I think he's a fantastic pick and, and, you know, one week early before sort of everyone brings in their double game week assets is, you know, it's an opportunity to get his points in a decent fixture home to West Ham as a differential, I think. Yeah, no, that's, um, I really like that. Yeah. Eye test wise. Yeah. McAllister's been playing out of his skin since he sort of moved positions and he looks so good. And yeah, it feels like there is a haul coming. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it does. Yeah, you know, it could easily be this week against West Ham. They sort of looked a bit leaky down, you know, down the centre of, of their midfield there. But, yeah, I I really do like that call. And, yeah, I think his ownership's going to go through the roof once we hit double game week 27 onwards. So, yeah. Um, yeah we're, Especially we're... if he gets – if he scores this week or, you know, like I think, you know, his, his 
um, ownership is going to go through the roof. It's that's what I was saying before. Like a lot of what happens in this game week is going to dictate, you know, who the um, who the the transfer trends are in in the double. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's gonna it's gonna make things a, um, much clearer there. But myself, I'm going to go with the Polish Cafu, Matty Cash. So yeah, Villa back in form, and yeah, only four point six million and three point four percent owned. So. Um, it, it's a good selection too if you're looking, you know, long term as well. It's not just for for this game week. So yeah, Villa they got yeah Palace, West Ham in in 27. They got Bournemouth in 28, like we touched on, and yeah Chelsea, Leicester in in double 29. And importantly, also have a fixture in game week 32. So um, as long as he holds his spot, which you know he seems to be back in favour, then it's you know not a bad move at all. Definitely a player who I had in my free hit 28. Um, sort of yeah. mock up last night. So um yeah, I always love getting the Polish cafe in there. Yeah, I really like um that as a pick as well. I was just looking, you know, he's he does seem to have won that spot back. You know, he, he had like three weeks in a row where um he kind of just came off the bench. Um but yeah the last two games he's he's won his spot back. So if he's been playing well, so there's no reason why he won't keep that spot. So I think it's a really a really good good shout. And now it's time for Oh Captain, My Captain, top three options. And, yeah, I mentioned earlier, I think this game week is going to be very wide open as far as captaincy choices go. There might be a nice spread here. Um, what are you thinking at the moment in terms of captaincy? Um, okay, so it, it's really hard because we haven't had that second Arsenal game yet. Yes. But, you know, um, I am feeling really, really confident about Haaland again. Yeah. Um, the games that, you know, obviously they're at home, um, you know, Newcastle are sort of, as you said, they're not in the best of form and they've just come off that, um, you know, that Carabao Cup final loss. Yeah. Uh, we don't know whether, um, you know, Bruno Gomerich is going to be fit or not. You know, I just I just feel like this game is tailor-made for Haaland to just run right. So I'm feeling really comfortable with captaining Haaland, but then... On the other hand, you see that that Saka's got that home game to Bournemouth (laughs) and anything could happen. But, you know, um, as is always the case uh, with Arsenal, you don't know really who the point's going to come from. It could be be a Martinelli game. It could be an Nketiah game. It could be a (laughs) Trossard game. It could be a Saka game. So, you know, like I feel more comfortable captaining Haaland knowing that he's, you know, always or almost always the focal point of the attack. So... Yeah. Um I, I, I'm putting Haaland as my number one with Saka a very close second, and that could definitely change if Saka, you know, pops off tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and then my third option, I think Rashford, even though he's away, it's Liverpool, their defense is shambolic at times. Um yeah. I, you know, I just can't I can't see there'll be um, space for him to run into. <laughs> you can just say it. Well, he's gonna be running at Trent, right? If Rashford playing on the left, Trent playing on the right. That's a recipe for disaster. Mm, yeah, it, it it does feel like it's a recipe <laughs> recipe for disaster there. So. so I think that I think Rashford's a really good differential shout if you want to go different. But you know, it's it doesn't look like a good game away to Liverpool, but really the way that Liverpool are defending, it might be quite a good game. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to disagree with those. But yeah, as, I mean, I had Saka as first, just more fixture wise. They've got Bournemouth at home. Um, and you know Saka's always going to play, and yeah, Harland second. He's probably he's probably going to be my captain this game week just because he's in my side, and 
yep. yeah, you, you made all the points about that Newcastle fixture. Um, the only worry is, like Gandhi says, never captain anyone for the early fixture. But <laughs> uh, I, I think it'll make make that watch a bit more interesting if I've got that yeah. Nordic meet. And it's the first; captain. it's the early game for us as well. So yes, it'll make it more fun to watch if we captain Harland. Yeah, that that's right. It'd be yeah, much more fun to watch. And yeah, I'd probably be hiding behind the couch if I didn't captain him anyway. So probably make it a bit more enjoyable. But yeah, and then I had Kane um third on my list here with that fixture up up against Wolves. But um yeah, interesting to see what that captaincy spread's gonna be um this game week with all the different options and yeah, some good fixtures there. But um before we finish ups, um the last segment, FPL signed at podcast league. So yeah, we are still through this double blank game week at the moment. But yeah, league leader is still Mira there. She's still leading the way with 1574 points. She's absolutely flying with her side, Alice in Wonderland. And I've moved up two spots. I'm sitting in fourth at the moment before I drop back down tomorrow morning. And um Andrew, yourself? Um, I'm exactly where I was last week, still at 30. <laughs> the status quo. <laughs> yeah. But you'll yeah, be exactly. Yeah, you'll be up high tomorrow after those after those results tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. Depending on um, if I get destroyed by Saka, let's we'll <laughs> let's hope not. We'll get that prayer circle happening <laughs> tomorrow yeah, morning. Uh, but yes, yeah, so far manager of game week twenty five is Julius Ford Cloth with his side restored, um, sitting on seventy six points there. So not bad and all and uh, just a, a plug for the Twitter and Instagram that is at FPL Signer, and you can always find Andrew, you know, spitting out that Harry Kane truth on Twitter there at FPL underscore point break. So make sure you give him the follow there and um, yeah, follow his, he's, he's blown up on Twitter people. Like you want to get on, you want to get on him now before he's so big. He just doesn't reply to any of us anymore. So (laughs) that's what you can be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, but uh, yeah, just, you know, just hit those like and subscribe buttons. That always helps. And yeah, the retweets for the show and, and all the comments, they do help quite a lot. So thank you very much to everyone out there. So um, yeah, good luck managers for those fixtures tomorrow morning. If you're listening to this beforehand, Um, if not, yes, um, I hope that you all finish up on some green, but yeah, Andrew, all that is left to see. Via con Dios. And let your defensive sheets be clean and your arrows green. See you, managers. 